Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line here, a new era of the Lombardi line. Going three wide here on a Friday. <laughs> Femi Bebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. And, of course, Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the league, former first-round pick, and also a national champion with the ever-so-popular Colorado Buffaloes. But, gentlemen... How are we doing? Football season is back. We were reacting to the last night's game. We're here, man. This is a lot of fun. It's been terrific. I mean, it looked like a, uh, a slate, um, you know, of really tough games in college football the first few weeks, but compelling storylines. Of course, we're going to talk about Colorado. Florida State now suddenly looks like they have a path to uh, uh, p- perhaps the playoffs in an undefeated season. And what a terrific opener. With the yeah. defending Super Bowl champs and the team of a generation here, and the and the Chiefs going down to uh, the, the home the home casino Lions here, I say because of Derek's <laughs> Detroit roots. And and what I thought was a very well played game last yeah, night. Yeah, well, it was a little little sketchy at times. You know, a little sketchy at times. The execution certainly wasn't where both teams wanted to be at this point, but that's to be expected. But uh, you're right, Mike, and I mean Femi. We got parody in college football, which mm-hmm. I knew that's about to happen. College football is going to be an animal. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, and then in the National Football League, parody kind of continues, right? Uh, so, you know, pick your spots, uh, understand the lines, understand what you're dealing with. Don't chase, mm. uh, certainly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yet, no, I, we're off to a great start. Uh, that, was, that was a good game, solid game out the gate uh, for the National Football League on Thursday night. Yeah, I, mean, I had a little bit of a chase action last night with a second half bet. I went ahead and bet second half over mm. 26 and a half. I, I wasn't chasing. I actually liked it just genuinely, but unfortunately mm. it didn't get home for me there with the two teams and the way the kind of the fourth quarter played out. Kansas City last night, I think they ran 12 plays in the fourth quarter for the whole quarter. Like It was just ridiculous. But we're going to have a lot of fun here on the show for the next two hours. Joining us.
us in hour number one in 30 minutes from now. It'll be Solomon Wilcott's former NFL player. Uh, it was a Colorado buff alongside with Pritch <laughs> over at Sirius XM. Right. Now we'll break down yes, the... Get all, get all of us on. <laughs> we, 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 we're, we're everywhere. We're, we're, we're going to get Cordell Stewart on. Who <laughs> yes. else? Is it Rashawn Salam? Sure. We, we well, can nah, get him on. We can't get him on. Beyond <laughs> figures. Second hour, maybe. We're going to get a lot of folks on there. Enemy. I know he's busy with, yeah. the, with the commanders, but maybe we'll get the enemy on if we're so lucky. But we'll have Solomon Wilcox on in 30 minutes from that 1.30 Eastern time to break down the buffs and also his thoughts in the National Football League and what we saw last night. So let's start there with this game because we have to react to it. Detroit Lions, four-point underdogs. This line obviously came down with the news of Travis Kelsey earlier in the week that he hyperextended his knee. He was eventually ruled out yesterday about four hours before kickoff, and the Lions closed as four-point dogs. The total was at 52.5, and the game goes under, and the Detroit Lions felt like they were the right side the entire game. I know Kansas City had chances to go ahead and win it. I mean, we'll get to Kadarius Tony in a little bit, but Detroit felt like they were kind of the quote-unquote right side when you were watching that game. Well, if you had a Lions first-half ticket, you got to feel bad, though. I mean, they were in control mm, the whole yeah. time. They end up, he drops the snap, so they get behind the chains, and then they run a, a play short of the chains on third down, the fumble, and Kansas City goes down and takes it. The pick six obviously turned the game uh, back to where Detroit got on a level playing field. I thought that the absence of Chris Jones was probably more important in this game because of the Detroit line. Mm. And the Detroit line really lived up. I, I can't count on one hand the number of times that Kansas City hit a runner in the backfield. They did a tremendous job. Um, and all you have to look at is Andy Reid's decision to go fourth and 20 with three timeouts because <laughs> he knew he couldn't stop Detroit. Yeah. They ran the ball three times. They got 10 yards. Right. And the game was over. He knew he had to take a shot at fourth and 20 was a better shot than trying to stop the Lions. So that says a lot about the Lions. So if you're a Lions fan, we talk about is this a great sign for them? Is, are they up to the hype? Well, one, they have a win over Kansas City that mm -hmm. the other central teams don't have, and they'll have to play them. But two, the line was as expected, the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I think uh, – in, in all, uh, first of all, I, I started this way because on Monday, I know the Barty line, I talked about taking the six and a half points. Um, it, that was before Travis. Nice, and, nice call there. Yeah, but you know, the thing about Chris Jones not being there, the guy wrecks an offense. He does, and they don't have a player like that uh, on that side of the ball. So Detroit shows some toughness, you know, sticking with the run, even though it was three yards in a cloud of dust sometimes. But you have to do that, especially with all uh, the coverages and all the schemes that Spags wants to run uh, to make it difficult for passing the ball. But they took some spots. They're a play-action team. We know that. They're the 49ers. The Lions are the 49ers mm -hmm. uh, from an offensive standpoint. Um, but what's concerning to me about the Chiefs, uh, and, and you know, a lot of it was the big miss for Travis Kelsey, but this is a team that if you look at them from an offensive line, even from a playmaking standpoint, they're different than just mm -hmm. earlier this year when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, they've averaged 30 points a game a year, right? They didn't come close to that last night. No. Uh, so they got some work to do. Uh, maybe a lack of confidence. Obviously, some certain players don't have confidence. Uh, but without dynamic playmakers like a Chris Jones or a or Travis Kelsey, I mean, this team, uh, certainly they're, they're just not as dynamic as we, even with Patrick Mahomes, you're not dynamic mm -hmm. like we've seen in the Super Bowl earlier. Well, we do have a clip from Patrick Mahomes from after the game, of course, Detroit beating the Chiefs 21-20. Here's Mahomes reacting to them losing on Banner Night, the defending Super Bowl champions. 
it's embarrassing for me to lose any time. Um, it, like I had said after the ring ceremony, I'd moved on to the next season. Obviously, it's cool for the fans to be able to see the banner and drop it at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, but it, this is a whole new year, and I think uh, I know that. And, um, and we're gonna we're trying to win another Super Bowl, and this is obviously not the way we wanted to start. And so, anytime I lose, I'm embarrassed. Um, and so, I'm gonna try to get better so I don't lose more as the season goes on. It definitely is a whole new start, Pritch. But I want to ask you this: for the Kansas City Chiefs, we don't want to overreact. But we do want to actually react to what we saw last night. You mentioned the lack of dynamic playmakers. Right. Is there anything else that looks to you just not right for the Kansas City Chiefs here to where going forward maybe this is a little bit of a weakness for them that could be exploited by other teams, especially within their division? Pretty tough competition with the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders of the legs. Yeah, they can't run the ball consistently. Uh, they don't have that toughness, that aspect, right? And so when, when things are going poorly or, or not according to plan, can you lean on a running game? Uh, and I don't think the Chiefs can do that. I don't think they're confident enough to do that. Uh, Tony is not a wide receiver, by the way. <laughs> what is he's, he? <laughs> he? He's a gadget player. He really is. He's a, he's a play-action guy. He's a guy out the backfield. You can run some jet sweeps and all that kind of stuff. But he's not a, he's not a route runner wide receiver. We saw that on display. I mean, he doesn't hand selection, all that. He's, he's just not fluid. Uh, so they don't have, with Kelsey not there, Kelsey was third in the National Football League last year with run after the catch. And Patrick Mahomes led, this, led the league from a passing standpoint with yards after the catch because they get rid of the football. A lot of it is because of Travis Kelsey and the running ability. So they got to get back to that. That's an extension of the running game, uh, but totally out of character. Eric Bieniemy is no longer there. Nagy, a mm-hmm. little bit of different influence too. Andy Reid going back and forth. So Chiefs they just have so much to iron out, and they're going to have to do it during the course of the year. I thought that was noticeable, Bieniemy being gone. I thought the philosophy was yeah. a lot different. I didn't think they used the, the change-up running game as effectively as Biennemi did there. Right. And, and I think that hurt him. It, it made him a little bit predictable. At the end of the day, if they catch the ball, they win the game, though. Right, sure. Mike? I mean, if, sure. if you had confident receiver play last night, they win that game. Right. You don't get the pick six. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mean, that, that was nasty, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a high yeah. leverage play. Right through your hands. I mean, you, you definitely feel bad about that. But, uh, you know, the Lions, they have work to do, too. I think golf... Uh, good start, but can he become a playmaker? I don't think he can throw the... I, th- I think to, to some extent, he's a little bit like Lamar. He really can't throw the ball outside the numbers going to the sideline. Right. You saw it on the first drive. Mm-hmm. He tried mm-hmm. to throw that out. I mean, it wasn't even close, nope. but they got to do that quick stuff inside, but it didn't seem like Kansas City was trying to take away any inside leverage there. I'd yeah. make him throw the ball to the outside as much as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of it was play action stuff because mm-hmm. they stuck with the run. Uh, and, and, you know, you can suck in guys and you can create leverages uh, or leverage that way. And, and that helps out golf because he drives the ball. Right. He's not a he's not a precision passer. I mean, he's a guy who drives the ball. Uh, and I, I'm just I'm wondering if he can make enough plays at that position, being a playmaker to get the Lions where everybody, well, a lot of people up there in Detroit expects them to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that has to develop uh, for me to, to really start to back the line. I love the six and a half points. Uh, certainly didn't want to chase that, though, once the, once the line dropped. Yeah, I do want to praise the Detroit Lions, but I, I want to talk more about the Kansas City Chiefs because I thought their offensive line was a really, really uh, – a big problem for them last night because you you were having two new offensive tackles now with Taylor and then Smith on the other side. Smith wasn't good last year in Tampa. I mean, we saw <laughs> Tom Brady behind that Bucks offensive line getting killed, and now Mahomes has to sort of deal with this. And 
if they can't get that offensive line corrected, you have to face the Joey Boses with the Chargers, the Trey Hendricksons with the Bengals, the Von Millers with the Bills whenever he gets back. All these teams that are kind of in your way of a repeat have really good pass rushes, just like how we saw Aiden Hutchinson dominate the game last night. This is a big problem that I'm not sure they can correct. Like the pass catchers, once Kelsey gets back, I think they can correct that. But this offensive line, I don't see where the solution is if they're going to be playing like that. The point of, of the offensive line, and they were, and the officials were letting them get the advantage. I mean, the right tackle <laughs> oh, was man. two yards off the ball <laughs> and a second early. I, yeah. mean, I mean, you've played in the league. You know that the rules are the rules, but they officiate differently, and they give crews how, how they're going to call a game, and they talk. Mm. But, I mean, is the, is the NFL going to get to this point where we're going to give the offensive line a second? Because, you know, <laughs> obviously everybody wants scoring. Right. They don't, you know, they, they want the passing game to be right. successful. But that was – and instill with those advantages, they weren't effective enough last mm, night as yeah. an offensive but i'd be interested as we watch this week how how much officials are going to let them line up back off the line and you know it seems like the half seconds are given now yeah. the last few yeah. years yeah they're going to correct that they had a bad night last night they, they're going to correct that the line judge really had a bad <laughs> night uh but when patrick mahomes is a leading rusher that, that's a problem uh yeah. and you know to femi's point about the offensive line a lot of those scrambles uh you know can patrick hold up all year long doing that i mean he's exposed he got popped by 300-pound mm-hmm. lineman, and I was fearful for him that way because he didn't see that hit coming. Um, but, you know, as a leading rusher on a team like that, you, you can't have your quarterback, and Patrick's not that uh, for, for Kansas City. They got a lot of things to correct, uh, starting with that offensive line, but it's just out of sync right now for the Chiefs, even if Kelsey uh, would have played. It still felt like they were out of sync a little bit last night. We'll have more Lions praise on the other side, but last night Dan Campbell was asked if he learned anything about this team. He said, quote, I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. This is a resilient team. It already was a resilient team. We are built to handle some stuff. They handled it last night at Arrowhead and Stadium. Indeed, we'll continue the Lombardi line on the other side. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets or where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm. Mike Pritchard here hanging out three wide here on a Friday morning before week one of the National Football League regular season. Solomon Wilcots, former NFL defensive back, now Sirius XM radio host, will join us here to uh, talk about the buffs. That's coming up in a little bit later on in 15 minutes from now. We'll discuss Colorado Buffaloes, obviously the NFL week one regular season slate. But gentlemen, let's continue this discussion, though. And I wanted to ask you guys about the Detroit Lions because entering this season, I wasn't the highest on Detroit. Like, I thought they were a good team, playoff caliber team, but I was kind of skeptical about Detroit being the favorite to win the NFC North. Do you think they answered all of the questions that we had about this team entering the regular season? Well, I think to Dan Campbell's point, they were what we thought they were going to be, even the people that were high on them. They were going to have a good offensive line. They could run the ball. Goff could throw a, a precision timing game to the inside, you know, to, to Pritch's point, he's not a guy that can put air under the ball and hit a guy. He, he drives it. He throws yeah. the ball on a line. That's, that's how he operates. His eye level stays low. It's not right. a, high, a high eye level. Um, you know, they got a lot of help from the, from the Kansas City receivers, obviously, last night. But I thought the, the defense created some pressure in that. Look, in the division, I think they deserve to be the favorite when you look at mm-hmm. the division. But it's a wide open, it's a wide open division. Yeah. Now, the AFC North, you could probably make arguments for all four teams. I think you can draw a line through the Bears in this division, but you can make arguments for the other three. The big unknown is obviously Love and Green Bay. Uh, it, it, but I, I do believe maybe not a minus favorite you know, to win the division, but maybe mm-hmm. like a plus 160 or 170 was probably the appropriate price. And the big thing is they got a leg up on the, on the rest of the division with a win over Kansas City that maybe none of the other three will get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I look at it this way. I mean, you had all training camp to get ready for this game, mm-hmm. really, uh, even in the summer. Uh, if you're Detroit, and and that was the game plan, and and against Spags, I mean, you don't know what you, you know what you're gonna get, but you don't know, right? Mm. Uh, and so you have to be prepared for that. I thought Detroit handled that okay. Some of the blitz looks, some of the disguise, and all that for the first game, uh, but they will get better. They will execute more. Um, I think the deficiencies right now is the lack of explosive nature for that offense. You know, and they got to generate that through the running game at this point. So from a drop drop back standpoint, they don't have it. And if you got to rely on that, if they get into shootout games again, uh, you know, you wonder how consistent they're going to be with that. Uh, I think Aaron Glenn has learned from last year. He's not taking so many chances as a defensive coordinator. He's, he's playing or he's allowing his guys because they think they're good enough. He's allowing their guys to make plays defensively. Uh, and so we'll see a more conservative nature 
uh, from Detroit in that defense. I think one of the advantages they have, though, is because they can run the ball effectively and throw short, they will not be in third and long a lot. So mm-hmm. they won't have to face the exotic packages. Right. When he dropped the snap or the bad snap before the half and they got to second and 15, then they were able to blitz him on third down. He had to get rid of it early. It ultimately led to a fumble. But right. when they can stay in third and three to five, makes it a lot easier for golf. Sure, sure. That's the plan yeah, always. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> stay in those down the distance situations, yeah. but sometimes stay that plan. Stay, stay on schedule. schedule. Stay on schedule. Stay, stay ahead yeah. of the sticks. <laughs> it's hard to do sometimes. All right, well, we'll see what happens with Detroit turning it forward. Week two, they host the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, of course, will be playing the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Then for the Kansas City Chiefs, they got a tricky one going to Duval County to face the Jacksonville Jaguars week two, trying to avoid going 0-2, which we know is the hole that all teams try to avoid. So obviously we'll be discussing those next week when we get closer to those games. But let's turn our attention to Sunday's slate because we have 14 games on Sunday. (laughs) I absolutely cannot wait for these ones. And one that I'm really intrigued by is the AFC North Clash. Just from an X's and O's standpoint and also from a betting standpoint, Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Right now I'm seeing the consensus number, Bengals two-point favorites, total 40 seven and a half Cleveland will have their star cornerback Denzel Ward he has cleared concussion protocol so he's good to go of course Joe Burrow's good to go and in fact Joe Burrow is now the richest player in NFL history he signed a five-year 275 million dollar contract extension like right before kickoff yesterday and it is 219 million guaranteed imagine that highest paid player in NFL history but what do you guys make of this game and how about the line movement? Because Burrow is in, and we thought that this might settle at two and a half but clearly the market is very interested in Cleveland in this spot I think the market is interested in Cleveland overall, um, and, and they seem to be a chic pick. And I and I bet them over their win, ta- win total, um, which the more people that bet it, the more worried I get about it. But <laughs> it'll be interesting from both perspectives. With the Burrow injury, how will he perform? And then what what Deshaun are we going to see? Right? Can can you mm. Pritch? Do you think you can just draw a line through all of last year, coming in the last five games after have not played competitively for two years? Is that reasonable to draw a line, or is there pause for concern that he played so poorly last year? Yeah, no, there's still pause. Yeah. I mean, you know, Deshaun, he improvises very, very well. Um, and I wonder if Stefanski is going to allow that to happen. Because to me, Stefanski, is, is, he's a control nut uh, mm. with this offense, right? Um, but uh, you, you got to let Deshaun freestyle a little bit. Uh, and, and that's Deshaun's game. Uh, now, if he's more comfortable that way, this could be a very explosive situation, I think, because Deshaun's that type of quarterback. And, yeah, you know, you go back uh, years ago for Deshaun Watson. But I'm waiting for that to happen. I mean, last year, if you look at this offense, they averaged, what, about 21 points a game last year. Hmm. And that's with an effective running game, a really good offensive line. But they just averaged 21 points a game. Uh, conversely, you know, Cincinnati, Woodboro and company, they averaged about 26, 27 points a game last year. And there's continuity there. So... Uh, a divisional game, they're always tight. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about the injury with Burrow. There's a reason why they shut him down when they did. Mm-hmm. So they make sure you get enough blood flow that thing gets completely healed. Uh, and, and so Burrow, he's used to missing time in training camp uh, and still having a, 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 a spectacular year, right? I mean, the guy uh, had an appendectomy last year and still uh, almost got to a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, he's a tough, tough player. Uh, and, and I think the, the Cincinnati Bengals have an attitude about them this year, too. Now, I am concerned, though, because my, my concerns are always up front with the offensive lines <laughs> on all these teams. Yeah. I think the game, honestly, is won and lost in the trenches. Cincinnati did some reshuffling with that offensive line. Orlando Brown is now in at left tackle. Jonah Williams has been flipped over to the right side. 
Cleveland's had a lot of advantages in this matchup in the past. Like, they've dominated the Joe Burrow Bengals. In fact, they kicked their tails last year in that Monday night game. I think it was on Halloween, which was probably the last loss, I think, for Cincinnati until they lost in the AFC title game. From an X's and O's standpoint, Pritch, like, do you think that Cleveland is just a bad matchup for Cincinnati? And, and in this game in particular, that's maybe what the market is seeing. Yeah, the, the matchup is familiarity one. I mean, you got to start there. It's a divisional game. You got to start there. Familiarity. Everybody kind of knows your tendencies and everything like that. Schwartz coming over, new defense coordinator is completely different than Joe Woods. Um, and, you know, the, the biggest question mark, there, there are matchup advantages, I, I think, uh, across the board when you look at certain individual matchups. I think Orlando Brown coming back to this division mm-hmm. where he's most familiar, he started in Baltimore. Yep. Right? That, that could be a key, uh, and, and that could be a confidence booster, too, for Cincinnati. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm opposite everybody. I think Cincinnati could break records with this offense this year. Okay. I think they can be highly explosive, to be honest with you. Should they be the favorite to win the AFC, in your opinion? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, you know, I know Burrow with the injury and everything, but everybody's on Cincinnati, though, right? Everybody's kind of uh, picking Cincinnati. But uh, I think they can break records. That This nucleus that they have um, and the, the amount of time that they play together, this is when they probably have peaked. And we should see something spectacular from this offense. Well, they've had an incredible run here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, they, and, they, and they actually won in Arrowhead, but mm-hmm. it was in, we're in every game in Arrowhead. Yeah. Keep going and playing AFC Championship games on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and it all starts with a three-interception game by Tannehill. They're probably not supposed to get out of the divisional right. round there after they beat the Raiders. <laughs> Don't and that's me. really re- <laughs> propelled this run for them, which goes under the radar because yeah. of the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could it be that simple, Femi, too, and Mike, in terms of you have one team – poised for a Super Bowl run and you have one team Cleveland trying to figure it out mm-hmm. like to me laying two and a half seems feasible something I'm interested in doing as opposed to a team like Cleveland okay what do we have with Deshaun uh, what do we have with this new offense what do we have with this uh, with this uh, new coordinator situation defensively it's like we can look at the names on pieces of paper and and, and do that part mm-hmm. and you know maybe cap it if you want to that way uh, I try to be simplistic with things and uh, I have one team that's trying to get ready and gear up for a Super Bowl run with continuity, and another team's trying to figure it out uh, along the way, I believe, this season with Cleveland. Is a change of coordinator more impactful for a player than a change of head coach? Um, it can be because you're going to interact with that coordinator a lot. That philosophy is going to be different than the mm-hmm. previous coordinator. The head coach rarely interacts with players that way, right? Uh, so you're going to have that team meeting, and then you're going to have that uh, offensive defensive meeting, and then you have your individual meetings. So uh, yeah, Schwartz is going to have to win over those guys. And reports are that, you know, they're buying into Schwartz right now from a defensive perspective. Yeah. Well, well we're sitting right here at Circa. The line is one and a half. So you don't oh. have to lay two and a half. Yeah, exactly two and a half. <laughs> you don't have to do it. You can go ahead yeah. and lay one and a half or get a cheap money line price yeah. on Cincinnati there. But yeah, I mean, I just I worry a little bit with those two pass rushers, Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. Those guys, if anyone can wreck the game on Cleveland for Cincinnati, it's those two pass rushers bookending things there for the Cleveland Browns. But that's going to be a fun game. But we'll break down some other games from Sunday's sleep. But on the other side, Solomon Wilcox of Sirius XM, former NFL DB and a Colorado Buffalo will join us next here on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Femi Abbafei on VSN, the sports betting network. 
Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book called Football Done Right, setting the record straight on the coaches, players, and history of the NFL. Now, for a limited time, you can get a free copy of Michael's new book when you become a VEASAN Pro annual subscriber. Just sign up on a new VEASAN Pro annual subscription today and use promo code LOMBARDI. Get an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides, 24-7 video, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Remember to use promo code LOMBARDI when you sign up for a VEASAN Pro annual subscription to get your free copy of the book. This is a limited time offer, so sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Our guy Lombardi, he's been on that book tour, I tell you what. <laughs> he's been making the rounds, but congratulations to him with football done right. Awesome stuff for our guy Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Bebfe alongside Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. And joining us now, our lone guest on the program, it's a former Colorado Buffalo. I know that excites our guy Pritch here. Played five years in the NFL. Now he's serious XM radio host. It's the one and only Solomon Wilcox joining us on the Lombardi Line. And Solomon, let, let's start off with the Buffs. They're hosting Nebraska. We were just talking about it during the break. This is the rivalry that we all grew up on. It's the most bet game of the weekend by orders of magnitude. Uh, how excited is that fan base and the alumni base with Deion Sanders kind of reigniting some energy over there in Boulder? Yeah, it's good to see the excitement come back to Boulder, back to the program. Reminds you of the days when a guy by the name of Mike Pritchard uh, was running roughshod all over the Big 8, and uh, he actually outgained the Rocket Ishmael for most yards uh, uh, during the 1990 season. So, um, no, it, it, these are really exciting times for the program. Dion has brought back the passion. Um, he's brought he's, he's brought it back to what it's supposed to be about, and it's helping kids to uh, fulfill their dreams. That's what it was when we were there, and it's good to see that come back. Mr. Wilcox, really miss you calling games on CBS with Ian Eagle and Kevin Harlan. Uh, I, I want to ask this question to both you and Pritch because you lived this in the late 80s in Boulder. The Buffs ran 81 plays at sea level in Fort Worth uh, on Saturday. Can they maintain that kind of a pace at elevation in Boulder in two days? Oh, that's where they train every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Pritch knows that. When you, you train at that altitude, that's why, we, um, you know, in Colorado, Colorado Springs, they have Olympic training facilities, all the runners, all the cyclists. They all want to train in Colorado with for good reason. So, you train there, you can play anywhere. Yeah, a thousand percent correct right there, Solly. Great to talk with you, by the way. And I, I tell you what, um, I remember those days when Nebraska would invade Boulder. Uh, I don't think that's happening now uh, because of what Coach Prime has done and because of the excitement for the program. Those those people next to us, Nebraska, they're not going to come in there and buy tickets and, and, and invade the stadium. So, I want you to tell our viewers what that atmosphere is going to be like and what that's going to feel like. And, and certainly uh, uh, probably a distinct home field advantage for the Buffs as well. Yeah. I mean, what it's going to be like is something like, unlike what you've ever seen, you know, college football still has a special place in the heart of all Americans. It's no matter where you're from, there's something colloquial and something that's so meaningful to everyone with their communities locally from a statewide level. You remember what the passion and pride was like there in Boulder, Colorado and statewide. And I, Hey, look, I remember them coming in and invading in a sea of red, but leaving with their hearts broken. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, 
And I, you know, I remember playing in a very critical game. It was in 86. Um, that was my senior year. We hadn't beaten Nebraska in 19 years. It was going to be 20 straight years. You know, guys like Roger Craig and Mike Rozier and Irving Fryer, and Turner Gill, great players now. Great program with Dr. Tom Osborne. And they came in there, man, and we beat them. We sent them home with broken hearts. And uh, things began to turn from there. But it's a great rivalry. We give them all the respect. I know both uh, programs have gone to different conferences and done a lot of different things. But there's still a lot of passion when it comes to this rivalry. We're speaking with Solomon Wilcott, serious XM radio host, also played six years in the NFL. Solomon, I want to ask you about the NFL, but one last question here on this Nebraska-Colorado game, because I'm really curious to see what happens in this game. I'm assuming that you think the Buffs can go ahead and take care of business. Right now, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. But entering this season, what do you think everybody missed with this Colorado team? Because last week, there were 21-point underdogs on the road at TCU. What did everyone get wrong with Coach Prime and what they have going on over there? Well, it's typical when people lack vision, right? And and one thing I know about about Dion and hey, look, we go way back when I first started my television career in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was playing for the Reds, and the things that he did for me in my career and the the time that he took, um, he's done that with a lot of people. This guy's a giver and he's a builder um, when it comes to to individuals. He, you know, look, he knows how to help people get what they want. And because he's always had everything he's ever wanted, he's worked for it. And I can tell you right now, um, you know, he had a vision when he came to town. And I remember talking to him. I told him what it was like and how long it took us to turn it around when the program was at the bottom and under Coach Mack, we were able to get it to a whole nother level. He said, well, it won't take that long because we have free agency in college football. And when he said that to me, I knew what he was doing. I knew it would be radical. I knew a lot of people would not share in that vision. And there's still some people who don't want it to work because they want the old model. And uh, I think he's proven that the new model not only does work, it can work rather quickly. No, that's, I think that's, uh, it's, it's what's the unquantifiable, <laughs> I think, is why sometimes the betting market is having trouble with quantifying what the Colorado Buffaloes are doing. Uh, Solomon, let's get our, our attention to the NFL, though. Uh, you did play for the Cincinnati Bengals. You said you mentioned your time in Cincinnati. They have a tricky game coming up here on Sunday, taking on the Cleveland Browns. And what do you make of this Bengals team? Because we've seen them go to the AFC title game a couple years in a row now. This is an established AFC contender. Do you think that they take that next step and can become Super Bowl champions this season? There's no doubt. Look, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe Burrow is the truth. This guy comes from a blue-collar town in Athens, Ohio. Um, it's in that, uh, you know, that southeastern corner, the border of, of West Virginia, where times are hard, the people are tough. And this guy grew up there. You know, his father played at Nebraska. You know, I kind of hold that against him every now and then. <laughs> Zach, you know, Zach Taylor, the – the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals also was the offensive player of the year in the Big 12 playing quarterback for Nebraska. So, uh, But we all come together wearing Bengals stripes. And Joe Burrow is the real deal, man. This guy's a, a force multiplier, phenomenal leader. Uh, but look, going up against the Cleveland Browns, the Browns have beaten the Bengals in five of the last six games. Eight out of the last ten Cleveland Browns have won. So while they haven't had great success in, in total – They've had great success against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And so the Battle of Ohio is alive and well. It's going to be a tough one because I think Miles Garrett has given them really 
uh, some problems. The offensive line for the Bengals is well-documented, has struggled over the last few years, but now Orlando Brown Jr. assigned with the team. This is the best Bengals offensive line that they've had in probably 10 years. So I, I think it's going to be a great game, and if Deshaun Watson is a Deshaun Watson of old, this game can belong to anybody. It's really a toss-up. Yeah, great point right there, Sally. My biggest question for this matchup is Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator. As an offensive player, you know, dealing with a new philosophy on offense, whether it's a new coordinator or whatever, um, here you have a veteran group of players defensively for Cleveland, the Browns, and Schwartz comes in. As a former defensive back, what, what can we expect? I mean, is, are, are there going to be some friction or are they going to have to work through some things out there in this matchup against Cincinnati? Yeah, look, anytime there's new learning, you know there's going to be some wrinkles. You know there's going to be some adjustments and communication things that could break down, um, particularly when you don't play veterans a lot during the preseason. So uh, with that new learning brings a, a lot of um, potential um, for things to, to go awry. And I think that's going to be up to the Bengals coaching staff and obviously the offensive players to be able to find where those soft points are and where those weak areas exist. Um, but look, Jim Schwartz has been known to be a good defensive coordinator in this league. He's going to get after the quarterback. He's got two great edge rushers in Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith, um, two really good corners, first-round picks in Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. Um, and then, you know, they've, I think this is an underrated roster that Andrew Barry has put together in Cleveland. I think people are going to find out that they're much better than what they've shown over the last couple of years. Yeah. We see that indicated yeah. in the betting market right now. The betting market thinking that this game is a virtual coin flip between Cleveland and Cincinnati. He is Solomon Wilcox. Check yeah. him out over on Sirius XM Radio. Obviously, our former buff. I'm sure he'll be glued to the Colorado Buffaloes tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon there when they take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But Solomon, we appreciate the time, man. Be well. Bridge, all the best to you. Keep up the great work, my friend. Take care. You do the same, Solly. Thank you. Good stuff there. A little buff action, little man. buffs, right? Run, right, Ralphie, right. run, huh? Yeah. Solly, not only a great buff, but a mentor. Because, you know, there's a there's a lot of buffs in the media. and uh, Man, he just reaches back and, and pulls us forward. You're right. I mean, when he was on CBS, uh, he was phenomenal. Yeah. I miss him. I miss him. Con it's good to have CBS. him on. We don't see him on CBS, but you can see him here on the Lombardi right. Live. Right. We'll be back on the other <laughs> side to talk Colorado Buffaloes in the big game tomorrow in Boulder. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. 
Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download now and use code Vegas to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code Vegas only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Welcome back. We're going three wide here on the Lombardi line in downtown Las Vegas at the Circle Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard. Thank you to Solomon Wilcott who joined us in the last segment. Uh, you can see him on Sirius XM, also a former NFL DB, former Colorado Buffalo, uh, was one of the people that Pritchard, maybe that got you to go to the to go to Boulder. Yeah, he, out of high he school. was. He talked was... about that game against Nebraska. It was 86, um, and they beat them 20 to 10. And Nebraska was loaded. Uh, mm -hmm. And this propelled CU to the Blue Bonnet Bowl, which opened the door for us to take a visit. The enemy, Alfred Williams, myself, George Hemingway. Uh, and so we got to look at this program. And they already had, you know, Sal and Essie and some other people already mm -hmm. on the squad. And, you know, as a guy getting recruited by everybody, I'm like, what's going on in Boulder? Uh, <laughs> and so we saw this team uh, and we saw this incredible victory. Uh, and, you know, was able to kind of relive that and see the excitement building for this program. So it became very attractive to us. Mm. Uh, and that's why a lot of us signed and went to see with the goal of winning a national championship. And uh, that was able to come true. What well, was your second choice? Um, <laughs> that's a great uh -oh. question. So I, 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 I was going to ask, what was the visit like? But uh, maybe, maybe we'll do that during the break. Well, we can't use that. We can't use that on air. That visit was spectacular. Um, <laughs> I'll stop right there. Hey, yep, good, good idea. <laughs> I took trips to Pitt. Uh, Tony Dorsett uh, sent me a letter, uh, and um, I took a trip to Illinois because, you know, Big Ten, and mm -hmm. uh, I was uh, running back at the time. My other two trips were to Washington up in Seattle. There you go. Uh, and then UCLA. But I canceled those after my CU trip. Was Mike White still there? Mike White was Mike still, White was yeah, there. yeah. Um, and <laughs> canceled on Don James. I did, I did. I love Washington too. But, the dog um, father. Yeah, and then UCLA at the time too, right? Um, so, uh, you know, CU was the right call for me. Um, but if if I wasn't going to go to CU, it's probably going to be UCLA or Washington. Mm. Well, yeah. clearly it was the right call since you yeah. won a national title while you were there. <laughs> so, uh, uh, good idea on you. But yeah. let's talk about. Wait, wait. Let's go back. Where was the clip? I want to know. Oh, what I, got, I got footage. <laughs> I got footage. He's got footage. I might got have to footage. pull it up on the phone and show it to you. I want a piece of that field in Missouri. I, I want to understand footage. how bad that field was in Missouri. It was horrible. It was horrible. I can show you the, the rug burns and everything, too. Uh, just on the arms, though. <laughs> well, Pritch, you asked the question that you had 
back then when you're on your recruiting visit. Yeah. I think that's a question that's being asked right now. It's like, what's going on in Boulder? Right, right. What's going on with CU? Because last week, everybody entering that game with TCU said, oh, the offensive line mm-hmm. is bad. The defensive line is bad. They're going to get blown out. Sunny Dykes, blah, blah, blah. And they go in there and shock the world. And they win as 21-point underdogs outright. Now we see them as two-and-a-half-point favorites against the rival Nebraska Cornhuskers. There's been a lot of push and pull right. here in the market. I think this is a very, very tricky game to handicap. I don't think there's a quote-unquote sharp side. I refuse to believe that. What's your guys' opinion? Pritch, I want to start with you, obviously, being close to the program. Mm-hmm. Like, What should we expect to see tomorrow with this Nebraska team that also has a first-year head coach in Matt Rule? Well, first of all, there is an overreaction to the game. I mean, obviously, from the line standpoint. But um, uh, you asked a great question to Solomon uh, earlier, Femi. What did everybody miss? Uh, and what everybody missed about Coach Prime and his staff is that they're detailed. Mm. Uh, if you think about championship style coaches or, or caliber coaches, they're so meticulous about being detailed. And, and we know Deion Sanders to be meticulous about his dress, his, his, his appearance, his presence. I mean, he gives serious thought to all that. Uh, but to see them perform, the bus perform the way they did on the road and, and not make a ton of mistakes, they made some. But was disciplined. They, they didn't have a penalty well into that game in the first half. Uh, they were incredible. Now, on the other side, what makes it tough for Nebraska is that you have Matt Rule and a new coaching staff going on, going into their second home opener. And mm-hmm. that is tough. I, I mean, you're trying to implement a standard and a culture, uh, and yet you're going against one home opener, which is in your conference, or you're certainly in, 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 your, uh, in the Big Ten there. And then now you're going to a home opener that is going to be off the charts, right? And how yeah. do you prepare your team that way mentally as you're trying to assimilate and, and convey to these kids what you need them to do. So that's where it gets tough for me. I, I think on one side, the advantage is, is for Coach Prime and his staff because they know what they want to do. They're going to be aggressive. And, and can Nebraska capture uh, the aggressive nature of a football game? I, I, they try to disguise so much on defense, but with that pace offensively for CU, I don't know how they're going to be able to disguise everything mm-hmm. uh, out there that they're going to need to do to slow them down. Pace makes the race here. I like Colorado a lot in this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about the last five or six years in Nebraska and Scott Frost and all the one-score losses. And think about the, the four minutes left. They need one more first down to run out the clock and win a Big Ten road opener against Minnesota. And they fumble the ball and they lose the game. And it's more of, here we go again. Right. And now you've got to go to Boulder. They ran 81 plays last week. Nebraska only ran 50 in the low 50s. Minnesota, one of the slowest paced teams. You're going to go to this. I agree with you. They're not going to be able to disguise their defenses. The pace will be too much for them. You know, we made this game five, which is a seven and a half point adjustment from other books look ahead. Matt Metcalf still was involved in making this number. He came in the first week, even though he's sort of in an advisory status now. I trust that number mm-hmm. of five. I laid two and a half in this game when it got down there. And we've seen great action go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the total, we opened 65. It got down to 56, <laughs> back up to 60, now sitting at 59. A lot of opinions yeah, on this game, right? <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that uh, Michael Lombardi, who the show is named after, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. our resident CEO and executive here from the NFL at VEASAN, one thing that he says that I really like is that he always talks about evaluate the evaluator. Mm-hmm. And I think there's no more objective evaluator than the betting market. And when I evaluate the betting market's perception of Colorado last week, I said, wow, you guys got it dead wrong. So <laughs> – when people say overreaction, I'm like, 
how can this be an overreaction when the first reaction was just completely a 1-8? Like, right. It wasn't that Colorado won as a 7.5-point dog or anything like that. They were a 21-point mm-hmm. underdog, and within one half, it said, well, even if they lose the game, that number was dead wrong. Right. Like, and that's where when everyone says, oh, this is a big overreaction, it's a big overreaction, I don't know. Now, maybe it is, but I'm on the side where I think I got to just go ahead and in-game bet this game just because I want to see more. I can't go ahead and plant a flag when I know that the first evaluation of this team was flat out wrong. Right, and, and that's very smart, too, because, I mean, I think uh, if you are trying to cap college football, what are you doing? You're following rating systems, right, from, yep. from trying to uh, assess the talent on a roster. Well, you, you can't do that. You, you got some people that don't even rate, you know, a five-star athlete, a five-star athlete. Like, yeah. you, you, and also you have the development aspect of it. Um, and, and Coach Prime and his staff is all about developing these players, freshmen at running back, doing what he did last week. I mean, it, it's if you have a pulse on the team, if you know each and, each and every one individual player out there and you know how they tick, you know how you can get the most out of them, how do you cap that? How does a star rating system cap that? You can't. And a lot mm-hmm. of people lean on that in college football. I'm here to say that college athletes or athletes from high school, they have so many choices now. If they want to get to the league, there's so many choices. Before it was top heavy. We knew that from a conference standpoint. Uh, but with all this realignment and certainly uh, you're no longer worried about if you're going to be on TV or not, you don't have to worry about that. You're going to get exposure. Uh, and so now can I get developed? And what we're seeing in college football uh, is some of these players getting developed and they're leaving as five-star athletes, even though they might have been rated lower in some rating system. Yeah. Do you, do you put any weight into surface change? Like Nebraska is a team that plays on a turf field. Mm-hmm. They open in Minnesota on right. a turf field. You go and you now play on grass. Some teams just don't play on grass very often. Do you you know, wear different cleats? You right. know, do you think there's any adjustment factor there for Nebraska? I, I think so. Um, you know, most, more so from an in-game standpoint. Like, for instance, if you see running backs cutting off their inside foot, that kind of thing, they're not used to that surface. They're used to something that's going to uh, help them uh, do that poor technique, right? You're not supposed to cut off your inside foot. You're not supposed to do some th- stuff like that. But uh, I, I, I can't ascertain right now. Uh, if that's going to make a difference in this game, altitude more so than anything, mm. I can tell you that the stadium, Folsom Field, they're right on top of the players. You have very little room on the sideline. Uh, and so Nebraska is going to be hearing it for 60 minutes. And, and I mm. wonder how these kids are going to respond to adversity when we already saw them kind of fold last week in the face of adversity against Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that, that fourth quarter was a disaster. Oh, man. For the Cornhuskers last week. <laughs> and I, I think my last point on this as well is that, like, I think one of the biggest misevaluations for Colorado from a personnel standpoint was that quarterback. Right. Like, I, we'd heard about Shadour Sanders, but I don't think anybody anticipated him look that good. And maybe TCU's defense is the worst in the Big 12. Who knows? We'll find out <laughs> later on this season. But Shadour Sanders looked awesome. And if I had to bet it, like, I'm not going to bet this game pre-flop. I'll go ahead and say that right now. But if I had to, I'd be on your side, Mike Palm. I'd lay two and a half. Like, I, I just don't think the market can quantify what this team is. I want to say this, though. My bet size is about a third in college football, what it has been in early weeks, because of the uncertainty of the transfer portal. Yeah, 100%. I'm, this is not – there's still – we need to see these new teams, new places and new places. 100%. All right, that does it for hour number one. Hour number two. We kick it off talking some more National Football League here on the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.